three margaritas. She'll eat your butt through that purple suit, Billy Zane. Watch out. There are good movies and there are great movies. But that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. Starts and ends with a... We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find, set around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave. Hello. And Casey. Man, I want to be carried like a baby on a horse by Billy Zane. Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. What's this month's theme, Dave? This month, we're going back to the past and looking at movies that we absolutely cherished Movies that defined eras of our childhood and realizing just how goddamn terrible that they were. Our theme is hindsight is 2020 and it's just, it's been terrible for me. I... It's time for <laughs> reflection. It's the end of the year. It's New Year's Eve. We should be taking this time to reflect upon our lives and the choices that have brought us here and maybe figure out why everything's so bad. Mm-hmm. And this is helping yeah, or making it worse. I'm not sure. Last week, we saw one of the patron saints of the shitty cinema arts, Nicolas Cage in National Treasure. And this week, we went with another favorite actor of all of us here on the podcast in a film I think most of us have seen many, many times before. Many, many, many. Also true. Casey, what did we watch this week? I'm so glad this was done through visual medium and not radio like the original. From 1996... The Phantom, starring Billy Muffucking Zane, and his eyelashes, and his eyes, and his eyebrows, and he's fucking just double cheeked <laughs> up in a purple suit. If you haven't seen it, crash your car and order the movie right now while you're waiting for the police to show up. Casey, before we go too far into The Phantom, or you get too much into Billy Zane, we're going to need an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. Here's your setup. Casey, maybe it wasn't a great idea for you to get into that biplane, but you did. And now you're up there. Listen, it's Catherine Zeta-Jones. It's at least a biplane, <laughs> if not a full gay plane. But Billy Zane's there, too, so it's a, it's a biplane. Well, it's been shot, running out of gas, and about to crash. And you have 10 seconds to drop into Billy Zane's arms. In the 10 seconds before <laughs> Billy Zane catches you, sell us on this movie. Bulgy Zane swoops, swings, and struts his way into a devil's vortex, which is this move where Catherine Zeta-Jones and Buffy get a leg behind. You know what? Never mind. Seven seconds! That's my whole elevator pitch. I want to blame this movie. I want to be like, this is a horny movie. and It's, it's not, not the, the movie. movie. It's not the movie. It is in the same way that like the mummy, it like Brendan Fraser's The Mummy me. is. Like, just you didn't at all make a hot, uh, horny movie. You just put way too many hot people on screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Casey, before you get too thirsty, we're going to need to go over the movie that Shitty Cinema watched. I'm parched. I know. The Phantom is a title passed from father to son and used to fight against injustice and pirates. Good combo. The Phantom was created when the first Phantom watched his father die at the hands of the Sang Brotherhood, a ruthless band of pirates. Now, most people don't realize the family line, and popular belief is that the Phantom is actually an immortal ghost. With a pulpy hero like that, we need an equally pulpy villain. 
Xander Drax is a 30s capitalist with dreams of unlimited power. He's pursuing the skulls of Togunda, artifacts that grant its wielder destructive force. The only thing Xander loves more than power is killing people who get in the way of him getting more power. And telling people how to spell his name. <laughs> yeah, introducing himself. He really loves that. But he's good at it. So, I mean. Man knows how to command a room. It's true. The Phantom lives on the island of Bengalia, defending the people who live there. When Diana Palmer, the niece of a newspaper magnate and former college fling of the Phantom, arrives to investigate Xander Drax's interest in the island, she immediately gets kidnapped by, you guessed it, Xander Drax's henchman. It's a pretty, pretty Xander Drax. Starts and then with the next. <laughs> the Phantom springs her from her captors, although Diana herself does a fair amount of the work herself. I mean, she's no Lois Lane, girl is more Indiana Jones. She's a slayer. Of course. Even though Diana is a badass, she still can't see past the Phantom's Clark Kent disguise to recognize him. I mean, it's not quite Clark Kent level bad. She hasn't seen him since college. It's, it's not like, oh, hey, we had breakfast together, but then you combed your hair differently and took off the glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Diana spills the beans about Xander Drax before returning to New York. The Phantom follows, but as Kit Walker instead of his spandex alter ego. Kit runs into Diana and her uncle's newspaper and quickly runs off to stop Xander from stealing one of the remaining skulls of Tuganda. By using the same strategy from National Treasure, they are going to steal it first. Yeah, only this time it works out much worse for the protagonist. Right, because Xander had already obtained one skull, and after Kit steals the second from the museum in broad daylight, Xander arrives to kindly take it off his hands. So, at this point, the skulls conveniently recognize a map on the wall and shoot laser beams from their gem-studded eye sockets to burn the location of the third skull in a scene I have questions about. Question number one in this scene, what would have happened if there wasn't a map lying around? Do the, do the skulls go all zoomy and take off into the next room or something? <laughs> or, yeah, or do they just, like, point the direction so you have no idea how far it, like, oh, it's southwest, like, is it in Jersey or is it like in the Devil's Taint or whatever Man, they call that it? That would have been a Gulch? great twist if it turns out that the map was a total red herring and it was just giving them a heading and it happened to pick a map to go for. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, it would have been. Yes, it would have been. Oh, man. All right. Well, Kit escapes from Xander, but Diana is taken hostage again. Xander takes her to the Devil's Vortex, which isn't the legally distinct entity, the Bermuda Triangle, where they find an uncharted island. Yeah, do you have to pay to use Bermuda Triangle and things or something? I don't know! Maybe they use the Bermuda Triangle for a different one of his adventures. The secret island is run by the Sang Pirates, who have the last remaining skull. They take Xander and crew hostage, because there's a fourth skull needed to rule them all and in the darkness bind them. That's... Actually, that works. Yeah, Never mind. It's pretty Continue. much just a Tolkien thing. About that time now, uh, the Phantom crashes the party and frees Diana because, you know, she's not running away. Yeah, she outswordmanships a pirate in their home turf. Like, shit's legit. She's a slayer. <laughs> the Phantom kills off the leader of the pirates, but Xander gets his hands on the third skull. Too bad the fourth skull just happens to be the Phantom's bitchin' skull ring that I totally didn't covet as a child. At all. So badly. Never... Never wanted that. I still am salty about it. The Phantom uses his skull ring to have a Schwartz battle with Xander. He wins by blowing Xander up and then diving into the water and grabbing onto the last bit of chain pulled by a submarine as the room explodes behind him. 
Actually, it's not a submarine. It is a torpedo that he put his friends inside of and fired out into the ocean. It's, oh, even uh, better. It's yeah. quite a way to leave a room. <laughs> yeah, it also caused the volcano to erupt. So I'd say you're goddamn right, Dave. Back in Bengalia, with all the baddies poked and the lasers beamed, Diana reveals that she knows the secret identity of the Phantom because, dude, I banged you in college. I know your cheekbones. <laughs> I recognize those How cheeks. How did she not recognize that ass? <laughs> How did she not recognize right, right. That's that That's what ass. I'm saying. We missed the scene where she's like, His mouth? I recognize those cheeks. And he's like, what do you mean? They've gotten a lot you know, thinner as I've gotten older. And she's like, not I'm not talking cheeks. about those cheeks. You've been Again, smuggling hams your whole life, son. <laughs> hey, right, right. Mm-mm. And then she like grabs onto his ass and she's like, oh no, it's clear who you are, Kit. How you been? Phantom says he can only reveal his identity to the one he marries. And she decides, nah, fuck that. And goes back to pursue her career because she's got some other shit to do before she starts popping out Phantom 22. Not to yuck her yum. <laughs> that is 100%. Not the decision I would make. Honey, you have plenty of time for a career after you go hang out in the jungle for a little while with the the Billy Zane. Okay. Um, Because there's phantoms have been going on for 400 years. He's the 21st phantom. They have a span of about 20 years of a career before they get offed. It's been a few years already since you've seen him. You're he's on borrowed time, honey. That dick is not guaranteed. Get it while it's hot. So you're saying Get it now. stay for the sex coma. Return to the sex coma. Yes. Right. So Casey's taking a dick sabbatical. <laughs> yeah. 100%. My career will be waiting there. I will still have those skills. That's true. I mean I've got to go learn new She works skills. for her uncle. <laughs> it's not like her job's in jeopardy. Well, yeah, right. I mean, I was going to say Xander was going to kill him, but, you know, he's dead. Yeah. So Xander's gone. He's out of the picture. Right. No worries, bro. That's, that's fair. That's fair. So, yeah, I think it's insane. Plus, if Diana goes back to New York, she has to deal with that Weasley, whiny, wannabe boyfriend thing. Right. Right. Go back to New York and get You're- hit on by those creeps. Or stay in the jungle, bang Billy Zane, and be friends with a wolf. Right. And, Correct. Okay, yeah. I Also, she could, she'd get to live in the Skull Cave, which personally for me is a yes. I've always wanted to live in a Skull oh, Cave. Oh, you never have to dust? Sign me the fuck <laughs> up. Are you kidding me? Oh, your boyfriend can talk to fucking animals? Okay. Yeah, I have questions about the Skull Cave, actually. Go on. It's something of a motif. It's the bathroom situation. Well, okay. We've got him. I hadn't thought about the bathroom situation, but now I absolutely am. I always think about it. No, my question was at the beginning of the movie, we see that the Phantom lives in a Skull Cave with his horse and his wolf. And in the Skull Cave, he has a throne that he apparently just sits on in full costume waiting for shit to happen that he can go respond to. Wouldn't you, though? And I sit on his lap. <laughs> like, I'm telling him everything I want for Christmas. That big purple pervert. I love him so much. I hope that's what I he want does. you to tell me that you would have that fucking place and not just get the suit on and sit in the throne and be like, but up. He has outsourced all the actual work of superheroing to various short rounds. So... <laughs> Okay, so so let's let's be a little bit fair to the Phantom. 
The Phantom isn't just a one-man operation. One thing they make very clear is that the Phantom works in very is is in close concert with the several indigenous populations. And so really the Phantom is a big operation and it's faced by one dude. Basically everybody on the island. Like the whole thing about like the Phantom being a ghost is only believed by people who don't actually matter. Everyone else yeah. like knows the Phantom personally. At one point, he stops by like a... Yeah, that's just Greg. <laughs> yeah, he just pops into like this British dude's house and the guy's like, oh man, it's getting really hard. Make sure you use the window when you leave. His tent, his tent, because they're in the jungle, you know, doing British things, which I'm assuming is invading. It's 1938. No, they had buildings there because they had a port. They had already successfully colonized, into. sure. Yeah, so it's the British, yeah. right? It's what they do. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, but the the... Yes, although it's not clear that that guy knows that the Phantom Line is um, is that he's not immortal and that it's a father-son legacy sort of thing, but he he certainly has a personal relationship with the Phantom because he shows up in the Skull Cave later. I mean, he, he clearly knows the Phantom's a dude. Well, well not, yeah, not an immortal yeah, yeah, yeah. ghost. Maybe he doesn't know their fathers and sons. But, but also, he's probably seen the Phantom shoot weapons out of people's hands without hurting them True. so like no you're cool That's to that fair. guy you know yeah he's not a ghost but also he can fucking shoot like a laser so yeah no i'm gonna be cool with that guy. i'm not convinced that he doesn't know he's not a ghost and i don't know if that was clear at all i'm not convinced that the the he british can guy talk with ghosts. is convinced that the phantom is human because maybe maybe he saw that ass and went that ass is inhuman no, that's the ass of an <laughs> yeah. angel. Yeah, <laughs> right. An avenging angel. Right. Like he had the ass, like the the statue of David, but like cheekier. Also, he gives us one of the best jokes in the movie, which is not delivered as a joke, and it's a goddamn shame. Which is when he tries to light up in the fucking skull cave, and he gets scolded by one of the Phantom short rounds that there's no smoking in the Skull Cave. No smoking in the Skull Cave. <laughs> it's 1996. We're not smoking in movie theaters anymore, and we're not smoking in Skull Cave. Yeah, but it's set in the 1930s. We're smoking on airplanes. Right, right. Surgeons are smoking in the operating chambers. The Phantom doesn't smoke. He's in tip-top shape. The Look Phantom at him. absolutely smokes. Kit Walker lights up many cigarettes throughout this movie. <laughs> Does he? Yeah, though I'm not sure if we ever actually see him dragging on them. Yeah. I mean, I bet he's, like, smoking pussy left, right, and yeah, center. Yeah, well, but you know. Cigarettes, I don't think I saw him inhale. I don't know. Let's watch it again. And the Skull Clave is the perfect set for the gratuitous... Billy Zane topless scene that we get in the beginning and just okay. linger on. <laughs> okay. God bless the cinematographer for this scene. Everybody bow your heads. Okay. Let's go to church. This person, Billy Zane crawled so Maxwell <laughs> could walk because they had a cut where it looked like Billy Zane was just like having a conversation in his cave completely nude and everybody's okay with his dick being out it was like the d'angelo not maxwell i'm so sorry i said yeah, maxwell, maxwell it was like the it was like the d'angelo gotcha how does it feel 
And I was there. I was hearing the music, like just ugh. God bless him. And then come to find out, big disappointment. He yeah, has see, pants on. He, he, he's not like, just hanging out with this phantom out. <laughs> but he can. He it's it's his cave. When I move into the cave, pants. Mask, pants. yes. Pants, no. Correct. Correct. Are Dave. you wait? Are you just you gonna like it. cut the crotch out of every one of his fucking outfits? No, there are no pants. I do have a, a question oh, actually yeah. on how the Phantom gets into his suit, because it appears yeah. to all be one mm. thing. So like, is it's is mesh. the face hole really stretchy, and he's just nude trying to like stuff himself down into it? <laughs> like a fucking anaconda, like yeah, like in like reverse. Snake skin is eating him. I'm jamming myself down this snake's. Throat. Okay, here's the question, Casey. If that is the way he gets in, does it still work for you? Yeah, like when when the phantom <laughs> falls for your seductions okay. and agrees to your temptations, and you have to watch him slowly claw his way out through the face hole of the suit. Oh no, and that's struggle. only enhancing it. It's only enhancing it. And also, we see at the end of the movie, the the top half comes off. Just the hood. The hood and the... Just the... the, the yeah. yeah, right. So, like, there's a fucking zipper. <laughs> they always zip. But, no, it would not... It would not dampen the sexual energy at all in the room if he did go in feet first. Okay. That is a costume, man. So it's funny that he is the first spandex superhero because in the 90s we loved, we were in love with spandex for superheroes, right? Mm-hmm. X-Men, Spider-Man. I mean, it was it was bad spandex. Okay. Yeah. Let's be specific. To those of you who haven't seen The Phantom, it's not spandex as in like the current Marvel movie spandex where they have like pads on and like, you know what I mean? Like it looks... <laughs> no. A little less like something a dancer would wear. This is something a dancer would yeah, wear. Yeah, it's a very and thin piece of fabric. It's me- It's like two layers of mesh and maybe something like some thin nylon behind it. You can see the way the fabric moves. <laughs> it almost creates like a hologram yes. effect. Definitely a couple layers of mesh on there. They have like his muscles carved out, but they also have like in that same pattern and shit, like skulls. And it's a lot. It is very 1996. It is perfect. It would go right in a Joel Schumacher Batman. It's aggressive and it is kind of hot purple. It's a, <laughs> it's a, hot it's purple. a really bright purple for someone who lives in the jungle. Yeah. yeah I, I'm curious the camouflage effect of that is it too hot to wear black yeah i'm I'm, I'm assuming it was something that started in the comic strip as just a way to make the character kind of pop on the page and they were trying to stay true to it but where does the ghost who walks uh nickname come from of a man who runs around in purple spandex like no that's that's the grimace (laughs) who walks also Billy didn't walk so much in this movie as he, I know he studied somebody and like studied their moves 
it came off very Adam West Batman. <laughs> I loved every second of it. The way he would like creep upstairs or like hide was comical. It it was not like stealthy looking. It looks like when you're drunk and trying to be quiet. It's very almost childlike, almost like a kitten playing. Like it's kind of graceful but kind of clumsy. Billy Zane studied the comics and was looking to and uh, apparently quite accurately reproduced a lot of the poses that the Phantom does in in comic panels in the film. Yeah, that checks out. Terrible old comic book poses of men creeping about. That's yeah. that's about what Billy but, was yeah, giving I, us in this so movie. You get it in the creeping, yeah. you get it in the the fighting, like especially when he the first time he breaks Diana out and they're on the the top of the ship and he yeah. grabs a guy and throws him and then does like a punch and it, it just extends his arm way out and his leg back and then shoots a guy in a po- and it, and it's like I, I know Dave I thought about you because it's like oh Sylvester Stallone's just posing with a gun and that's what he's doing here but it looks it looks really good oh, in yeah. my there's, opinion there, there's no Batman style kapows appearing on screen but they're very right. heavily implied in every movie he makes Mm-hmm. Fair. I, I I think Casey's right about the Adam West connection. It is in that Adam West camp. I think it works. Adam West was actually considered for this movie at one point. Stop it! Stop it! Along with Bruce Campbell. I knew I knew Bruce Campbell and um and 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 uh, Billy Zane competed. Yeah. For the main character. Yeah, in a very early version of it, Adam West was considered, and Joel Schumacher was almost picked to direct it. I could see that. I don't know. The the movie's considered a flop. I and and Billy Zane was originally signed on for a trilogy of films. I'm bummed that we didn't get more Phantom. We movies. were robbed. Right. right. So, I would have loved to have seen a, a version of this that had Joel Schumacher and still hopefully Billy Zane. It's still the same fucking cast. I guess it, it probably would have leaned into the camp a little bit more instead of trying to be as serious as this one does. I feel like they would have kept his shirt on a lot more. And if Schumacher had made it. And I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah? He might pare down the villains a little bit, though. We're a bit overstuffed on villains in this movie. Like, we've got our our main villain, Xander Drax, starts and ends with an axe. Played by the fantastic (laughs) Treat Williams. What a treat. It's it's an incredible performance. What a sweet treat. He's so goddamn deliciously villainous. He's He's bestie. Every scene he's in is delightful. I, I, I just absolutely love Xander Drax as a villain because even though he's a two-dimensional evil character, he is perfect for this film because he gloats and rides in it every moment. Uh, the man absolutely, like, glides through every scene he's in. It's it's kind of incredible. It is. He's cinematic butter in a hot pan. I just love him in this movie. I always love Treat Williams, but this movie in particular holds a special place in my heart because he is just in his fucking element. Peak form. Yeah, but he's just one of our villains. We've also got James Remar playing Quill, the guy who killed uh, Billy Zane's dad. Who's also awesome as a villain in this. And pretty two-dimensional. It's easy Cartoonishly to hate bad. He's a great henchman. I feel like he would have been a good one to He's cut. constantly mugging. Yeah, yeah. He's constantly it, He could have a smaller role, 
Like, but whenever he's in a danger situation, if you are looking at his face, he is always like doing the absolute most when he's not speaking. So prime example, when he's driving a giant truck across a like rickety old rope bridge and it's acting like it's about to snap and he decides he's going to bail. His face is incredible. Emoting. That's acting, David. He does give some great emotes. I just would have liked to have seen him killed off at roughly the end of Act One. Like, you know, he mm. he gets back to Xander Drax. Yeah. He delivers the exposition about how he killed the Phantom's father and shows the belt. And then Xander just says, oh, don't worry about it. Get out of here and shoots him in the head and says, nobody comes back empty handed or blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Get him out of the way. I don't know, because that would rob us of two good things in the, the third act. One is... James Remar using his connection to the Singh Brotherhood to get Xander and them at least initially out of trouble and, and get an audience with the actual pirates, which is a fun use of that, like connecting all of that together. And so I like that. Two, James Remar has the best background scene in the film, which is at the pirate ship when when the, the pirate tells Xander Drax that there's a fourth skull, you can watch James Remar in the background look down at his hand and count one, two, three, and then be confused about the fourth one. And it is fucking priceless. It is cheesy and priceless. Well, okay. Maybe you just dial the character's importance down then to like comedic background character. Because <laughs> as you said, now in act three, we've also got the villains of the Kabai Sang and the Sang pirates yeah. and brotherhoods who barely have any time to actually do anything more than pop out. Like they're the, some like their uh, animatronics on a Disney ride and then immediately get taken out. Yeah. And yeah. we've got to get Catherine Zeta-Jones in there somewhere as a villain so that she has time to have a heroic redemption and come around to the other side. Oh, God. Her face turn, though. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, it's a, it's a terrible turn. She initially starts out as the leader of this squadron of female pilots in what is... Basically just a rip off of a James so Bond cool. character whose name I can't say. <laughs> pussy galore. Yeah, pussy galore. I could totally say it. It's just funnier to do it that way. <laughs> you know. uh, but uh, she gets really upset that the Phantom wants to bang Diana instead of her. Yeah. Like really upset. Although, I mean, I, I'll i be honest with you. She, she has my one of my favorite scenes, which is where there's... Catherine Zeta-Jones carrying a tied-up Christy Swanson into a room. And I just want that to be, you know, somewhere where I'm around. 1996, Catherine Zeta-Jones. I know, David! I mean, you could say 2026, to Catherine Zeta-Jones, right. and I'm in. But yeah, and then uh, she randomly decides somewhere around the end of Act 2 that, I guess, us girls gotta stick together. Somebody on my side's gonna shank me sooner or later. And decides to stick it out with Diana. Also, and the because they like, they got threatened to get raped later. Basically, they were gonna definitely rape Diana, and she's like, you know what? Fucking brotherhood bullshit. Like, maybe we have a better chance together. Uh, it is. It is after the rape threat from the pirates, so that's fair. That's what what I read it. Yeah. What was the rating on this movie? It is, in fact, PG. This was yeah. rated PG. Wow. Because, uh, like, people get shot point blank with cannons. 
Um, There's no blood, really, though. That was what actually made me think of it, because there isn't much blood, but when the Sang Brotherhood does start stabbing people up at the end of the movie, the pirate is running around with blood on his sword. Oh, that's true. That's true. You know, normally the PG and PG-13 movies have, you know, clean swords in every scene. And, okay, so there's the gangster that gets shot with a cannonball from very close range. There is... But it's comical. It is comical. There's the guy that's running out of the boardroom when Xander Drax throws a fucking spear through him and then... Loved that. Right, and then laments the damage to his wood. Comical, but again, ow. And another one that they play as comical, but as... I'm now realizing maybe responsible for a big part of my whole phobia around eye damage. The scene where a guy gets stabbed in the eyeballs from a, a, a magnifying a glass, microscope. a microscope. Thank you. A microscope. Yeah. Dear God. Yeah. Xander Drax rigs it with two fucking razor blades and tells him to adjust it so that he fucking jacks them into his own eyes. I love that scene. That scene okay. is so fucking good. But I'm so curious. If the razor blades were in the eye holes, how was he seeing what was on the slide? Who cares? Well, I do, because I want to know how it works. (laughs) I mean, they show us that it says liar. Yeah, from our perspective, we see that just as it comes into focus, it's the word liar, uh, which is, yeah, I guess it wouldn't work at all if there's razor blades in the middle of the tube. Right. I was too focused on the eyeball stabbing to worry about that. Can we can we talk about the the old timey? I love the nineteen thirty eight setting, the aesthetic. I think it makes for great adventures because you don't have cell phones and computers to do things really easily. You can have things like uncharted islands, and it. But there's enough technology yes. to get people around fast enough. I love that as an adventure aesthetic. Indiana Jones pulls it off brilliantly, and I think the Phantom is in the same vein of the Indiana Jones kind of adventure. And I love it. It is a, it is a fantastic setting for this type of storyline. Um, it, it makes sense. Rugged adventuring. <laughs> it's modern yet rugged. Sure. It also gives us beautiful things like, like I love the vehicles in this. The cars in this are gorgeous. The motorcycles with the big fairings covering their wheels and, the sirens on them. I, I'm like a sucker for the way that this fucking film looks. I also love the clothes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every all the men are in fucking suits and like, uh, <clears throat> fucking Xander Drax has that tie pin which looks great. Oh my god. Xander is working every single suit he's in. And, and Billy Zane as Kit looks great in suits, and I love his Kit character. I think he does amazing with him. Like, he's calm, he's suave, he seems very charismatic. I just want to be him. That's not acting, Billy Zane. That's just, you're zane about. It works. It does work. Hence, why am I leaving the island <laughs> after he's like, bitch, I want to marry you. Why am I leaving the island? Send my shit to me. So, we wanted to talk about what would happen if the skulls would have came together and there wasn't a map in the room or like a globe for it to conveniently burn a location into. Yeah, it's super convenient that it happens to suss out a map in its immediate vicinity that it can tell you where to find the third skull at. And I just want to know, like, is it going to fly around to the next room and find a map? Or, like, (laughs) 
Is it just going to give you like, well, I was going to say, is it going to give you GPS coordinates, but we don't know that, but we have like longitude and latitude. Yeah. Longitude you know, and latitude. So it could just give you that. And I, I mean, I mean the pirates who haven't had a visitor in 400 years speak English. So why wouldn't the skulls know that? <laughs> right. <laughs> they can take you to a phone and have an operator connect you. I don't know. I kind of like the version where like there isn't one. Or it's, like, immediately behind the person holding the skulls, and it has to burn a hole through them to burn it on. <laughs> right. How strong are these lasers? Why did it just stop right, at the Like, paper? there's a version of this movie where Xander Drax is standing the other direction, and he's between <laughs> the skulls and the map, and it just lasers right through his skull. Right. <laughs> it's a really weird ending to the movie. As compared to the already really weird ending of the movie where they build up this like ancient power of these three skulls that we've been waiting all movie to see. And then they finally get reunited. And I don't know, I guess they shoot a laser out of one of the eyes. <laughs> but only at the fourth skull. No, he shoots the wall and he vaporizes uh, James Remar's character, Quill. Yeah, it's, it's like and it's then, really hard for oh, him to yeah. steer it around, but he can control it. Yes. And in fact, when he's giving it more power when they're in their beam battle, what what Sandra Trex does is leans forward into it. So he is standing at a, an impossible angle. It's beautiful. It's really just beautiful. Very Michael Jackson. Yes. Yeah, and when he realizes he's losing the Schwartz battle and that Billy Zane's beam is going to overtake his, the scream he gives is... Not one of fear. <laughs> unbelievable. He yells out, unbelievable. Oh, unbelievable. Oh. He's happy to die a warrior's death. Like, he's truly a formidable opponent. Whether you agree with his politics or not, Xander Drax. I was getting more autoerotic asphyxiation from that scream. <laughs> <laughs> and why can't it be both? Yeah, Dave. What did you guys think about the action in the movie? I love it, but it is really cheesy, old-timey, like, kapow, zowie, zam style. Yeah. I mean, the Phantom just, he shoots two guns at all times. He chooses the <laughs> coolest possible pose. Crisscross yeah, Criss them. Crisscross applesauce. Yeah, like, <laughs> yes. But it's always like a no-look 360 headshot. He doesn't miss at any point. He doesn't shoot Never. anyone. He shoots all he does is shoot weapons out of people's hands. Yeah, he can shoot the gun out of your hands. He can or shoot a rope sword. while he's hanging off of it so that he can yeah. Tarzan to the other side. Like the the guns are just uh a, like basically Indiana Jones whip to him. Oh my god. Oh my god. I have a complaint. I have a complaint about this movie. Okay. And I hate to say anything bad because you know I think it's perfect. But we've got to do some phantom math. Are you ready? Okay. This movie was filmed in 1996. Well, it came out in 1996. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. The actor who played Billy Zane's dad that nobody could see but him, who was a figment of his imagination, or the phantom can talk to the dead. I'm not really sure. Yeah, it's unclear. Um, he yeah, it's unclear. He plays his dad that got murdered by James Remar. The actor who played his dad was born in 1928. Which means he would have been 68 years old when he got murdered. 
The ghost who fucks. Or in his 60s. Okay. So you're telling me that nobody, no bad doers can tell the difference between a 68-year-old man and Billy motherfucking Zane in that spandex suit because you know his dad was prancing around in that suit, right? Because he's the phantom until he gets murdered while B-Zane well, is a Maybe college. that's why the suit's bright purple, so that people are too stupefied by the fact that, like, wait, did I just get kicked in the face by Barney? And they don't process anything Barney in a morph suit? (laughs) But also, a 68-year-old man is not fucking prancing around the jungle beating the shit out of pirates. Eh, Maybe he was a particularly spry one. Got them super berries. We know that there's a time gap. Okay, say say it's eight years. He's still 60. You're telling me you can't tell the difference between a 60-year-old man and Billy motherfucking Zane in his 20s? Yeah, and Billy Zane spent like 18 months getting ready for that role to get the right physique, and he looks fucking oh, great. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, get, I, get, I get your complaint, Case. I get your complaint. Especially because I've seen those cheeks. I oh, Right. You saw me being physically repelled from the television like an exorcism when he turned on that plane i was like whoa (laughs) whoa i forgot all right well before casey goes off on another feral rant about billy zane's cheeks i would never confuse them for the cheeks of a 68 year old (laughs) and now that you are aging and getting closer to 68 I'll still know your cheeks. Thanks, guys. Ah, damn it. She did it anyways. All right. We need to get down to brass tacks and ask the question we do every week. Casey, let's just get it out of the way. From 1996, starring, at least for you, Billy Zane's ass, The Phantom, would you watch it again? Yes. (laughs) Obviously. Shocker. It starts out with Billy Zane in a D'Angelo music video. Sold could definitely have used more of that, but I guess it was a kid's movie or something. I don't care. (laughs) Then we throw in a very wildly attractive Catherine Zeta-Jones who's just flirting with everybody in a 10-mile radius, and I fucking live for it. Buffy Summers, a.k.a. Christy Swanson. Yes, Xander Drek starts and ends with the next. Yes, this casting is perfect. Like Dave, you said before, it's like 1998's The Mummy. It's accidentally horny because everybody's too fucking attractive. Even James Remar, I'm like, God damn, you are just sweaty and glowing. Yeah, Yeah. he looks really Uh, fucking handsome. Permanent five o'clock It's too much. Permanent. It's too much, and I love it. This feels like an 80s rock song. For my face. Yes. Uh, Jay, how about you? Starring St. Billy Zane, the Phantom. Would you watch it again? Oh, Saint. God. <clears throat> it's hard to turn down any film with St. Billy Zane. I have so many fond memories of this movie, and I was a little worried about coming back and watching it. And I'll say that the pacing is a little 
weird in the middle. It, the pacing in the beginning and the end are, are really kind of great and fast. It gets strange in the center, but there's so many fun action scenes. I love the aesthetics. I think that Xander Drax is one of the most fun villains. I don't mind that most of the characters are two-dimensional. I think that the the adventure is the fun, and I have a blast with it every time I watch it. I had so much fun watching this. Absolutely, I'm going to be watching The Phantom again. But Dave, what about you? Would you watch The Phantom again? I was really worried about coming back to this movie because I haven't watched it in a while, and I also had a ton of really good memories of it. Um, the Phantom has some of my favorite parts of like Indiana Jones action adventure films. It has a lot of the best parts of superheroes with the just over the top uh, antics <laughs> and the absolutely ridiculous ass suit. Uh, it's very silly, but it is so much goddamn fun. And despite some kind of, yeah, let's call them dated CGI towards the climax of the film. I still really, really enjoy every bit of this movie. And dear God, Treat Williams as Xander Drax is just better with every possible viewing. The man chews yeah. through every line of dialogue he has. Icon. It's incredible. So yeah, I am absolutely going to be watching The Phantom again. But that is it, listeners. Three out of three of us, uh, which is getting pretty rare these days. We've, we've run out of things that are universally beloved. <laughs> But three out of three of us are going to watch The Phantom again. Have you seen it before? Would you watch it again? Let us know. That is it for Hindsight is 2020. It's time to put this theme behind us and move on to the new month. So, Jay, what are we going to be doing next month? Well, 2023 is over. And in 2024, if we're going to be looking back, let's not look just back at our childhood. Let's go book back at some real, honest-to-goodness, true stories. No more rose-colored glasses. Only the facts, Max. Next month, all of the movies that we're going to be watching are going to be totally true stories, bro. A hundred percent. Totally true story, bro. And next week, I'm going to start us off with a film that includes Jason Statham, Clive Owen, Robert De Niro, Dominic Purcell, and Ben Mendelsohn. Just an all-star banger cast based on a totally true story, bro, called Killer Elite. I can't wait to see guys with shaved heads kick the shit out of each other. Thanks, Jay. In the meantime, follow us on Instagram at Casey.Cinema. Like us on Facebook, SH.TTYCinema. Donate to our secret Skull Treasure Fund at Patreon slash ShittyCinema or PeepShittyCinema.com. Check the show notes for those links. And in the meantime, let's turn off the lights and move to the fucking island when Billy Zane proposes to you on a horse. Right? That's the only way I'm getting on a horse, is with Billy Zane. In mesh. Huh?